It's Twitter Tuesday as we count down to the 2021 regular season finale coming up this Sunday. Giants hosting the Washington football team. But first, your questions coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name's Patricia Trena, and welcome to another edition of Twitter Tuesday. That's right. We are answering your questions as submitted on Twitter, as submitted to our email account, LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. And also, folks, I know a lot of you have written in with comments and some thoughts and observations, you know, just some quick hits. And I'd like to encourage those of you who are doing so uh, to consider registering for a, uh, a message board account over on Giants Country. We're looking to actually relaunch the uh, message boards over there. And uh, we're always looking for participants and I plan on getting more involved over there once the season ends. And, you know, whenever you've got a quick comment or a quick question in between shows and mailbags, that's going to be a place to find me. And of course, I'll still also check on uh, on YouTube, the comment section and respond accordingly there. But um, really looking to build up that Giants country community. So I'll have details for you in the show notes on how you can register where you can find it and uh, hope to see some of you guys and gals over there. So, all right. Uh, before we get into your Twitter questions, just real quick, a couple pieces of news for those who haven't heard. Mike Lennon is done for the season. He suffered a wrist injury to his non-throwing hand. That would be his left hand that requires surgery. Now, head coach Joe Judge did not say whether it was a fracture or a sprain or whatnot. I've got to think that if it was a sprain, he wouldn't need surgery. So probably is a fracture. I don't know that for sure, but just me, you know, taking a guess guess there. But anyway, the plan for the quarterback situation, which uh, quite honestly is dire at this point, uh, the plan is to give Jake Fromm another shot at uh, redeeming himself from his uh, poor showing a couple weeks ago. And Brian Lewerke, who has been on the practice squad and strangely enough has not been in consideration all this time, he's going to get an opportunity to back up Jake Fromm. So we'll see how that goes. But really, you know, the Giants quarterback situation, just an absolute mess. Mike Lennon done. Not that Mike Lennon was doing much anyway, but, uh, you know, basically the Giants haven't won. They haven't looked halfway decent since Daniel Jones went down. I mean, scary, right? But, um, but yeah, Daniel Jones um, on IR, so he's not eligible to come off IR. This would be week number three. If the Giants had playoffs, maybe he would be eligible to come off, but no playoffs. So um, onward and upward, as they say, as, as the Giants bring this miserable 2021 season to an end on Sunday. I'm sure we all can't wait. And speaking of which, folks, check out Giants Country if you get a chance. Um, I've already started putting some stuff up towards uh related to the off season we're counting down and doing a deep dive into each position unit uh we're looking at uh we're going to be looking at draft picks or draft prospects i should say we've got a great series that starts on uh today 
Um, it's a scouting series. I have a uh, former NFL scouting intern um, who is writing a great series. So just pop on by, check out Giants Country. There's a lot of stuff over there. And, um, you know, we'll just keep cranking it out over there as we will on here on the podcast. And uh, so anyway, let us get into your questions. We're going to start with the Twitter mailbag questions, these questions submitted via Twitter. And we have uh, two from James uh, Hockey Loader, Lutner. I hope I said that right. I'm bad with names. I apologize, folks. But James Hockey Lutner, it looks like. And uh, the first one he asks, is keeping judge simply a matter of Mara telling himself two years ago that he wasn't changing coaches no matter what, or does he see something we don't? James, that's hard to answer because I don't know what John Mara is thinking these days, but I can tell you that when, when uh, Joe Judge was hired, uh, John Mara was asked about being more patient with Joe Judge. And he said that, you know, he being John Mara said that, he knows he's got to be more patient. He's got to give, you know, especially since Joe was a young coach, a, a first time head coach, that he had to give him some more, um, I guess, leeway. Now, do I think Joe Judge is a slam dunk to return? I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I think if I had to put a percentage on it, and you guys and gals know how much I hate putting percentages on yes, no questions, but I would say, um, Judge probably has a better than 90% chance at returning as of today, as I record this on uh, on a Monday evening. Now, can that change? Possibly, but I think that could be what we are looking at. So, all right, let me get to your next question, James. How would you grade Judge on the following? Player development, season to season and throughout a season, scheme, and motivating players, and do I think Mara grades him differently? All right, to that question, James, I don't know how John Mara grades him. I don't even know if there's necessarily a grading system in place. Um, I think it's just a matter of John Mara looking at the franchise and saying, okay, are we better today than we were at the start of the season? And I know the record would indicate no, but Maybe John's looking at other things, you know, the, the foundation in the locker room, the, the response to the players, uh, to, the, to the coaching staff. These are just some of the things that he could be looking at. I don't know. I'm not saying that this should be the basis to retain a coach or to fire a coach. I'm just kind of spitballing here and telling you what I think. So regarding grading, player development season to season and throughout a season, um, now, when you say judge, you got to remember, you got to also look at the assistant coaches. And I think amongst the assistant coaching rank, there's been a mixed bag. I think Jerome Henderson, the defensive backs coach, has done a wonderful job despite all the injuries and COVID situations that he's had back there. I do not think the offensive line coaching group has done a good job with what they have had. I mean, I think we can all agree that the Giants offensive line has not been a strength of this team. And you sit there and you wonder what exactly is going on with the coaching. The coaching was supposedly to stabilize that unit. Um, guys were hired that supposedly aligned with what Judge believes needs to be done on an offensive line. And we all see what's going on there. So that's a unit that I would say hasn't really developed. 
Um, you can probably make a case for tight ends too. You know, um, Evan Ingram never really reached that that status that everybody thought he could be. You know, that game breaker, that deep field threat. You know, that you send up the scheme uh, up the seam rather. Kyle Rudolph has looked every bit his age. Um, you know, obviously not a whole lot of opportunities, but I'm kind of bleeding now into scheme here. Which, by the way, I do not think they have gotten the most out of their players. I don't think they have schemed to open uh, the receivers enough. I don't think that they have deployed guys to their strengths. For example, I have said that maybe they should play Dexter Lawrence instead of a defensive end. Play him inside. I think he would be better off inside where Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton have been rotating um, but no, they've been playing him as a defensive end. Um, I've screamed about Evan Ingram and using him as an inline blocker against a defensive end that outweighs him. That has continued, although not as much this year as it has in the past. Uh, not getting Saquon Barkley into space, that's been an issue. I mean, so there's there's problems with the scheme. There's no doubt about it. There are problems with the scheme. And I'll even go so far as to say on defense, there are, have been a few problems with the scheme, such as at the beginning of the year when they played the defensive backs so far off the receivers that they just gave up way too much cushion. And that was a problem because they were getting beat underneath. So, yeah, that, that would be something I would say I wouldn't grade very highly of the staff. As far as motivating players, you know, I I don't think the guys have quit. Now, here's here's the drawback here. Um, because of COVID, we are not allowed in the locker room. So when we were allowed in the locker room back in the day, we were able to see who was motivated and who wasn't. So, for example, if we came in and guys were, you know, playing cards or they were just, you know, sitting in their locker taking a nap, you kind of knew who was motivated, whereas there were guys who were studying playbooks and they were having group conversations and just doing stuff like that. So it's hard to tell because we only get to see the players at the start of practice for maybe five minutes worth of stretch. But if you go based on game day, um, I would say I haven't seen a whole lot of quit in this pl in this player th group. Um, occasionally you've seen some business decisions made, but for the most part, I think judge has still gotten their attention and still been able to get, you know, the most out of them, um, when they have gone out for game day. So that's my take on, uh, your three questions. I, I'm not going to give an A, B, C or D grade, but that's what I see, um, based on, on your questions. So thanks for your two questions, James. And apologies again if I miss if, if I uh, botched your your last name. I do apologize. So all right. Up next we have a question from someone who calls themselves the NY the New York ghetto clowns. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um all right so he asks uh, after four coaches and two GMs in the past decade, at what point is ownership to blame and need change? Okay, let me stop you right there. Ownership is not going to change unless they decide to sell. So really, guys, I get it. You're frustrated with the Mara family. You're, fi you're frustrated with the Tish family. 
but stop it. They cannot be fired. They would have to do something really, really bad for the commissioner to step in and remove ownership or demand that they give up their ownership. Sadly for the fans, fielding a, a poor franchise is not considered one of those things that would necessitate removing ownership. So it's just, it's not going to change. Just accept it, deal with it, you know, and hope that they, they do the right thing moving forward. All right. Now, at what point is ownership to blame? That we can talk about. And I do think that ownership has maybe been a little too um, loyal to a fault, um, maybe a little blinded by that loyalty, and that has hurt the franchise. And I've talked about this before on the show. I'll say it again. You go back to when um, Tom Coughlin resigned. And they had a golden opportunity to press the reset button. Had they gotten rid of Jerry Reese at the time? Had they gotten rid of Mark Gross? Had they said to Eli Manning, okay, Eli, look, we love you, but we're moving on. Somewhere along the line, ownership was convinced that Jerry Reese could fix the problems that he created, that Eli Manning still had some magic left in his arm. All right. In retrospect, I think that was a mistake. All right. I understand why they did it. I think it was a mistake, though. They now have an opportunity before them to correct that mistake, because from where I sit, patchwork doesn't work. All right. And that's what the Giants have done. They have done patchwork. They have put GMs and head coaches and quarterbacks on different timelines. And I'm sorry, I just don't see how it works. So. And by the way, that, that comes from, I think, um, when the Giants, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, er, when they had Ernie Acorsi, Ernie Acorsi was already in place as the GM, and then they brought in Tom Coughlin and the quarterback. The point being is, is you want to have at least two of the three on the same timeline. But anyway, the Giants do have an opportunity now to reset everybody, all right? So they, if they wanted to, they could sweep everybody out, say to a new GM, okay, you know what? You're going to be our George Young version two. You're going to have full football authority. You won't get any interference from us as owners. You decide what to do about Joe and about Daniel. Now, what I think will happen is the Giants will bring in a new GM, but Joe and Daniel, I think, will be retained. Um, that would keep them not... Actually, that doesn't even put them on the same timeline, which, you know, you can't even make that case that they're on the same timeline. So what that will do is it will create another patchwork situation because then you're going to say to the GM um, at the end of the year, if the Giants next year are bad again, you're going to say, okay, you know what? You have the autonomy now to fire judge if you see fit and go in a different direction at quarterback. Not the worst thing in the world, but the problem with doing that is now you've got to press the reset button all over again, and now you have wasted a whole year when you can just sweep everybody out, unload some of these big contracts, and start from scratch. This is why I am not a fan of the patchwork situation. All right, same thing with the draft. You've got a big draft coming up, and if you 
let judge have a uh, big say in who's picked and he doesn't make it past 2022, guess what? Now you're stuck with all his guys. And that's going to take another year, if not longer, to get everything on, on the right track. So I am in favor of starting from scratch. Let a GM come in here, do what he needs to do, clean out what he needs to clean out, and go from there. That's how I feel. If you agree, great. If you don't, let me know. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about this incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside, and you can get up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up at the pump. Just download the free Get Upside app from the App Store or Google Play and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. That's right, folks. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the free GetUpside app. Cash out anytime you want to your bank account, PayPal, or get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, that's the GetUpside app and that promo code for 50 cents off on your first fill up is touchdown. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked on Giants podcast. We've got a Twitter Tuesday here. I am Patricia Trena. And uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. I think I'm going to do a show about the coaching staff. I have uh, I started writing down some ideas um, on a piece of paper. I'm going to have some ideas that I'm going to talk about on tomorrow's show. I think I'm also going to write an article about it, but... Um, just some thoughts about the coaching staff, the coaching situation. So that will probably be my Wednesday show. You'll want to check that out, I hope. So, all right, we've got a Twitter Tuesday going on. So let's continue with your questions and we'll kick it off with Ruben Martinez, Empire PR man, who asks, do you think Lorenzo Carter has done enough in these last few games for the Giants to offer him a contract despite the salary cap restrictions next year? Great question, Ruben. I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine. This is what I would do with Lorenzo Carter. All right. I would offer Lorenzo Carter a one-year prove-it deal. And here's my thinking behind it. Carter, as we know, was coming off the Achilles injury. He also had an ankle issue midway through the year that I think affected him. So it is possible what we are seeing now, these last few games, is Carter is fully healthy, considering. So that said, if I'm the Giants, and I know there's not a lot of cap room here, this is why I would not give him a huge extension, but I would say to him, look, Lorenzo, we know you had some injury issues. We know you're coming off the, you know, you were coming off the Achilles. You had the ankle. We like what you showed us down the line. But that said, we need to see that consistently. As such, we will give you a one-year prove-it deal for whatever, million, two million, whatever the case, case may be, and then see what happens from there. Maybe say to him, look, if we have the money, maybe we look to extend you before the end of next year, which I don't think they're going to have the money, to be honest with you, but you know, you never say never. But just give Lorenzo that that opportunity. And, and if he balks, you can say, you know, go get a better deal and we'll try and match it. Or you just say to him, look, dude, 
you know, you were banged up, you didn't produce, your body of work hasn't been consistent. We need to see consistency before we invest in you. And if he balks, then let him walk because the draft class is going to be filled with, with younger, cheaper talent anyway. So, you know, it's not like he has the leverage, I think. But yeah, that's a good question, Ruben. Thank you for that question. Okay. Uh, Mike Gutierrez asks, have you felt even in the past few weeks that we even had a chance of winning going into these games? No. No. And for proof of that, go back and look at Giants Country when I've, ri- when I've written my uh, Why the Giants Will Win, Why They Won't, and a prediction articles. I got fooled. Um, I forget which week it was. might have been the Miami game. I can't remember if it was that game or... Yeah, I think it was the Miami game. I thought the Giants might win that game. And uh, they didn't. And I swore I would not pick the Giants again. And I haven't. And spoiler alert, I'm not going to for this weekend's game against Washington, even though on paper it is a winnable game. So, yeah, I, I share in your your feelings about that, uh, that there's not a lot of hope, that I didn't have a lot of confidence that they could win. All right, now we are going to turn to our questions received via email. And um, let me see, I think we have two here from Mark Thompson. Let me, yes, we have two from Mark Thompson. Uh, the first one is, let's see, um, he talks about Joe Judge's rant and, um, he said, he writes, I am really not sure about Judge at this point. We actually got worse after Garrett and I understand it's still his scheme and Jones is injured, but I am not seeing a cohesive plan. Can it all be down to the offensive line? Um, Actually, offensive line is mentioned. Then the receivers are the receivers any good? And so, okay, so let me just go through uh, these questions. Here, here's the bulk of the questions. I do not think it's all on the offensive line. Is that a big part of the problem? Yes. I mean, the next time this group picks up a stunt successfully, might just be the first this year. So that is a problem. Um, do I think? the blocking has been consistent? No. And that goes for the run blocking and the pass blocking. So that has definitely been a problem. Um, Receivers. Are the receivers any good? Do they not get open enough? I don't think so. Next-gen stats indicates that they're not. Um, I question, though, how much of the scheme is at play here. Like, One of the complaints that I know um, I've had, and I know David Turner has shared this complaint with me, is that Freddie Kitchens, as the play caller, doesn't seem to build off of one thing after another. It's like he puts all the plays in a hat and he just picks them out at random. You know, oh, let's see what's in the in the hat. Oh, we're going to we're going to run off tackle or, oh, we're going to pass, you know, throw a seam pass to the tight ends. Nothing builds off of each other. And that's not a way to call games. The scheme, in my opinion, never really was a good fit for everything the Giants had. And again, I go back to the whole patchwork concept, thinking that these guys are 
that some of these guys come in and, oh, you know, they're going to be great additions to what we do as an offense. And then you find out that they're really not. Or you find out that you have overlap, two guys that do the same thing. And now, oh, shoot, we went and we spent millions of dollars on this guy when we already had, you know, uh, this guy who has similar skill set on the roster. So I think that it, it's a combination um, of all that stuff, Mark. It just, they've got to get a guy in here, an offensive coordinator, who I think can blend what some of Garrett's concepts, which are not garbage, by the way. I think some of Garrett's concepts are pretty good. And some of that West Coast offense um, that Pat Shermer ran and see, and just put it all together. Come up with a, like a, a compilation of ideas and above all get the right people in here you know decide if you want your offensive line to be you know power finesse do you want it to be athletic do you want it to be a smaller group or do you want it to be a bigger group I mean again patchwork has killed this team it has really hurt this team and the patchwork you know patchwork items can be beautiful if they're done correctly Right now, there's just no rhyme or reason, I think, in the personnel and the scheme. It's just everything's just kind of been thrown in the pot and mixed together, and you don't know what you got. So that has definitely been an issue there. So, all right, Mark has another question that he forgot to ask, so let me get that in. Um, the Chiefs were able to replace their entire offensive line in one year. Can the Giants do the same, given that we have the – at least one important piece at left tackle. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, we still need to find out, obviously, if Nick Gates will be ready to go. But if he is, you figure that's that's another piece. You know, Andrew Thomas is going to be back. Um, but yeah, who's to say you can't you can't you know get two draft picks to fill in two of the other spots and maybe get a you know reasonably priced free agent um, to fill out fill in the third. So absolutely it can be done. Will it? That we have to wait and see, but uh it's it certainly can be uh done if we need if they need to and if they put their mind to it. All right, giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Twitter Tuesday, but first, welcome to the new year and uh what a year it's going to be for sports. We've got the college football championship going on, the NBA, the NHL, the final week of the NFL season, and then pretty soon we'll have the playoffs. And no matter what your sport, Bet Online has you covered all year long with more props, more odds, and lines than ever before. Head on over to their new and updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Don't wait. Take advantage of this special offer as well as all the amazing offers BetOnline has available to their subscribers. Visit betonline.ag today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code Locked On. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trainer here on a Twitter Tuesday on the Locked On Giants podcast. And right now we are answering your email questions. Um, we did our Twitter questions in the first segment we and part of the second segment, and we are on email. So let's continue onward. Um, let's see. We've got a question from Ashley P. who writes, uh, let's see. 
since the Giants are in all likelihood hiring a new GM and probably new scouts, who is attending these college bowl games and looking at potential prospects? And is the organization going to fall behind on this year's college scouting? No, Ashley, uh, that, I, I don't see that happening. Um, usually the, the scouts are, are let go or, you know, turned over, if you will, after the draft. Now, once in a while, it's done before the draft. I get it. But um, I don't think you're going to see the entire scouting department thrown out the, the window. I, I really don't. I think um, you will see people added to the scouting group. You might see people who leave. But you're not talking a whole overview, you know, a whole toss out of, uh, of the group. Now, what you also need to remember is all the scouting data and the reports that have been done. That all goes into the team's file. Now, will the formats cover what the new GM wants? That's another story. I don't know how the Giants write their reports. I know how they used to write their reports because um, I took courses over at the Scouting Academy. And the gentleman who runs the Scouting Academy was many years ago. He worked with the Giants as a scouting intern and uh, that he learned how to write reports. And I think it's pretty much how a lot of NFL teams write reports, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know how the Giants do it, so I can't really comment about that. But I do know that there's data. It's not like they're going to take all the data that they've amassed and, and throw it out the window. So uh, I don't think you have to worry about that all that much, Ashley, at least based on what I know. So, But thank you for the question. All right, next question. Actually, we've got a shout out and a question from Jeff Cope, who uh, has been watching, let's see, he's been watching games, giant games with his father. Um, he's only missed a handful of giant games uh, on television, and he lived through the wilderness years one, and now is living through the wilderness years two. And let's see, yeah, Jeff, I'm with you. I'm like, uh, I am like you. I lived through the wilderness years. I was a little girl. I didn't fully understand them at the time. I didn't really understand them until I researched it for my book, but now I do. Um, as a kid growing up, I became such a big giant fan that uh, I hated to miss games. I think I've told the story here on the podcast that um, when I got to high school, I was in the marching band and every Sunday during the fall, it seemed we had a band competition to go to and those band competitions always fell during the time the Giants were on TV and I hated like heck to miss those games I really hated it so sometimes what I would do is I would take a little radio and I would put it in my my uh, band uniform I would hide it with my I had a cummerbund and I would hide it and I would snake the uh, the wire up my my uh band jersey and thank goodness i have dark hair because i would use a dark wire and i would just snake it up and blend it in with the hair and put it over you know put it in my ear and then i would cover my ear with my hair and uh <laughs> i used to get in trouble for doing that but i don't regret it too bad besides i was a taller than the drum major so when she gave me garbage i i fought back so anyway uh Thanks for uh, letting me share that story. And thank you for the for telling me about yourself. And happy to give you the shout out and also happy to answer your question. So let me get to your question. 
We know this team is injury prone. What starters from week one never missed a game? Whew. I, I want to say Leonard Williams off the top of my head is one. Um, I don't think Will Hernandez has missed a game. Uh, I don't believe James Bradbury has missed a game. Let me think. I think those are probably the three that come to mind. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'm doing something on injuries, Jeff. Uh, trust me, I'll, I'm, I'll have something for you guys on injuries and theories and all that stuff. You, you know, I, I'm one person, so I can only do so many articles and so many shows in, in one day. But I will get to that. But those are the three, I think, um, that off the top of my head have, have not missed any time due to injury. So thanks for the question. And, again, thanks for requesting a shout-out. And, folks, if you want a shout-out from me, Drop me an email. Tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what you remember about Giants football, what you like about Giants football, and uh, I'll give you a shout-out because without you guys and gals, there is no Locked on Giants podcast. So, okay, let me get to the rest of the questions here. We have a couple more. Grant W., all the way from England, Birmingham, England. Wow. Didn't know you guys were listening to me over there. I'm honored. Um, Grant writes... Are the Giants the worst team in the NFL? At least the Lions have a better coach and the Jaguars have a better quarterback. And also, could you tell me one thing that Joe Judge has done well in the last two seasons? Uh, Grant, right now, I wouldn't quite say the Giants are the worst team in the NFL. I know it seems like that, but the Jaguars are a mess. Um, Their coaching situation is a mess. Yes, they have a a promising quarterback, but how much has that kid been ruined with the coaching situation? They just, you know, got themselves out from under. Um, In Detroit, look, I love Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell used to be a giant. I covered him when he was a giant, and I got to know him very well. And quite honestly, you know, I was surprised um, because when Dan was named the head coach of the Lions, I sent him a, a note to congratulate him, and I wrote my note do you remember me and sure enough I get a note back from him and he's like yeah I remember you and you know short note but a sweet note and and I was touched to see that he remembered me so um I wouldn't say the I mean the Lions you know right now I think they're in their honeymoon stage I know they had a rough season and their record isn't that great but uh you know look the way I see it Grant the grass is always greener on the other side And I know the Giants haven't been a promising football team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, the culture's been great or, you know, they have a foundation because culture schmulcher, you know, show me the results on the field. That's how I feel. Um, But I do think, and I don't know why I feel this way, maybe because I want to give him the benefit of the doubt like I always do. Um, I, I think, and I, you know, I hope I'm right here, but there's just, I don't know. I I have a feeling there's more to Joe Judge that we haven't seen. And I go back and, and please, before anybody thinks I'm making, you know, I'm calling Joe Judge, Bill Parcells, I am not. But I remember when Bill Parcells first took over as a head coach and he was awful. His teams were awful. 
And in doing my research for my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, um, I learned that Bill Parcells changed how he approached being a coach, that he was more himself, that he, you know, wasn't walking on eggshells, that he just said, you know, the hell with it, I'm going to do it my way. And he had success. I would love to see that for Joe Judge. I think Joe is a good guy. I think he legitimately cares about his players and his coaches and the organization. Has he done things that I don't like or disagree with? Absolutely. Do I think, you know, he should be back next year? I said before on the show, I think the new GM should have full autonomy to sweep everything out if he or she sees fit. All right. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think Joe, um, if there's one thing that he has done well, let me think for a second here. I think he's protected the players. You know, I, I admire him for not throwing them under the bus the way previous coaches used to do. Um, I admire him for trying to protect the players, you know, when they have an injury, you know, he doesn't spout out what the injury is, you know, unless he, you know, he gives the basic information. So there's some admirable human qualities in Joe Judge. Um, from a football perspective, the jury's still out. So like I said before, I do think I would not be surprised if Joe gets another year. Again, I feel if, you know, I would like to see George Young too. Sweep everything out, start from scratch. But that has that means that the new general manager has to have full autonomy to make that decision. And if they don't, then it's not going to happen. So hope that answers your question. And again, thank you for writing in all the way from Birmingham, England. All right, we have one more question. This comes from Stephen, a., um, Stephen F., excuse me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Stephen, thanks so much for writing in. Glad to hear from you. And don't be a stranger, by the way. Um, all right, so Stephen writes, Every week during the game, the announcers keep talking about getting Barkley one-on-one with linebacker. As we know, this never seems to happen during the game. My question is, how can the offense create situations that get Barkley one-on-one with a linebacker? And a follow-up, why the heck don't they do it? I don't know why they don't do it. I mean... <laughs> I really wish that I knew the answer because I know when we were talking about it, we being in the media, when they first drafted Barkley and they were matching him up against linebackers on wheel routes and, and slants and crossing patterns, we were sitting there going, wow, is this going to be an advantage? And then it would disappear. It wouldn't show up in the offense. And people were like, are you guys sure you saw that? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure we saw it. Um, but anyway, the way to get him isolated like i said wheel routes um basically anything that gets him to that second level so wheel routes uh maybe some slants um crossing patterns maybe sending him up the seam basically you got to line him up um in the slot line him up wide you know just don't always operate from the backfield with him and i think If you get him again, and the idea behind, you know, isolating him against a linebacker or a defensive back is that that should be a battle he should win. Because nowadays, 
many NFL linebackers are smaller, faster, and more athletic. And a healthy Barkley should be able to match up against a smaller, faster, athletic um, defender. So that's just my, my guess on that. So thanks for that question, Stephen. And again, please don't be a stranger. Write in again if you have other questions. Happy to hear from you and happy to hear from all of you guys and gals. Remember, if you have a question, you could send it to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. That address is in the show notes. So check that out. That's going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Giants podcast for Twitter Tuesday. Again, tune in tomorrow. I'm going to do a show about the coaching. Um, I have some things that I'm, I want to talk about and get off my chest and whatnot. So that'll be on tap for tomorrow. So until then, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, your first watch of the day. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.